0: Hello and welcome to Caravan Podcast, a show about Pakistan's startup ecosystem where we have intimate conversations with founders and investors driven to catapult Pakistan into the digital age. We'll discuss what it's really like to start a business, the highs and the lows, the setbacks, the comebacks, the lessons everything i'm your host as always Ahmad mia partner at caravan a community-driven venture capital platform now given the nascent ecosystem there's a massive spread between the talent in the country and the resources that are available to support them our mission at caravan is to close that gap by providing both capital and expertise at the earliest of stages you can find more information about caravan at www.caravan.vc in this episode i sit down with meher farukh the co founder of Airlift. Airlift is a Pakistani app based decentralized urban mass transit startup that allows customers to book fixed rate rides on buses and vans in their network. So, without further ado, let's get straight to Meher.
1: So, I graduated from LAMS in 2014 with my bachelor's in accounting and finance. Uh, I wasn't really uh, very passionate student when it came to finance or accounts and it was something that basically I, I was running away from and so when it came to sort of exploring job opportunities um, I was kind of sure that I don't want to jump into finance. Again and maybe start maybe look into something new. So at that time, Omer's had started the Plan X and Plan uh, Nine programs in Lahore, and they were doing a great job uh, with startups, creating awareness in the local entrepreneurial ecosystem. So so I applied at Plan X, which was a tech accelerator program. They basically uh, had six month cycles for early to mid stage startups, startups which had identified a product market. Fit, but we're looking to sort of scale to to get more customers on board to be linked with investors. So so the whole entrepreneurial ecosystem was still very uh, nascent at that point in time. This was back in 2015, but it was very exciting. I worked at Plan x for a year and got to, got to work with startups like BookMe.pk. Uh, Patari was one of them. Then uh, we had XGear. So so काफी startups ke saath, uh, and that was sort of my first foray into into the startup into the into the startup ecosystem uh, and
0: as you may kaafi, so. karin, startups actually they've gone on to raise money as well so you were cool. getting that background cool
1: but dot Bookme.pk in the very early stages and on a um Turkey um And that was sort of the first, one of the first bigger investments that uh that came in from elsewhere into Pakistan. So so yes, it was very exciting and uh, Unfortunately, like a year into it, I got a job offer from Coca-Cola, Pakistan. And yeah. uh, back then, being a fairly recent graduate, I was still very much infatuated with the concept of working at an MNC. So, yeah. so I jumped into Coke. I worked there in the finance department for a little over three years. And uh, before before joining Airlift, So... So, uh, how Airlift came about and how I ended up joining Airlift. So, I think in my second year at Coke, I I observed a lot of my friends who were working at companies like Kareem, uh, who were also working in the public sector, so so all of them, they used to be very passionate about their jobs and what they did, and whenever we used to meet up over the weekend, they, they used to talk about work, and I was the only one who, who wasn't really excited about what <laughs> I did, and who always sort of ran away from those conversations, so, so that is something that I realized about people who were ba- very passionate about what they did, that they actually liked what they were doing, and they were very close to the kind yeah, yeah. of impact and the results of what they did. So, so, that's when I started thinking about, you know, uh, exploring other opportunities that allow me to be closer to what I do, that allow me to experience uh, the kind of results that my uh, work uh, is creating. So, so, that's how I one day randomly stumbled upon... Uh, a post from a batchmate on the on the lambs career forum and it said that one of his friends wanted to move back from NCR and start this venture he had this idea of creating um, transport solution for, for women who are unable to access employment and education opportunities because they don't have the means to, to travel. So, mm-hmm. so I found it interesting and I reached out to, to Gul. He was still in Singapore at that time. So we had a few conversations um, over the phone, and he seemed extremely determined. He he talked as if like airlift was already in the making, and like we're just about to launch operations. And while in reality, like it was just an idea back then. So so that really <laughs> you know so so that really uh, that really appealed to me, and I thought that this was something- yeah, he's extremely determined. He has already, you know, this company, the operations, everything exists in his mind already. So, so I think uh, he, it definitely seems like he's uh, he'll go on to build it. So a few days uh, later, he flew in, uh, we met, and he had this uh, really, really different recruitment procedure that we had to go through it was it was a one-day simulation in which there were interviews and then there was this surprise activity in which you had to go out and get potential customers for a service that did not exist so (laughs) so yeah you you had to get 10 customers convince them to subscribe for a service that was still at least maybe two or (laughs) three months (laughs) out So I think I got around 12. Then we had another, uh, another teammate over. It. I think he, he got around 50. So I think no wow. one to, to this day has been able to break his record.
0: It's like an eight note. Like I love how you got into entrepreneurship, leaving a secure multinational like Coke because of social pressure. <laughs> of not liking and not being passionate about. I love it. It's awesome.
1: It wasn't really social pressure. It it can be social pressure. It was just an observation that I made. Uh, and my friends, like they were all very excited. So I thought maybe something's wrong with me. But then when I went to work every day, like everyone had the same feeling. They were also you yeah. know, tired of work, and they were looking forward to six p.m. to just get out and go home. So so maybe I, I don't completely know.
0: agree with you. I I completely agree with you. By the way, like I feel you. I understand. Jo <laughs> I completely understand that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, so. yeah, I think, and I think with, uh, that's how basically we got together. Initially, we were a team of three people. It was Goyal, myself, and uh, Mohammed Owes, who, who previously worked at Kareem. So it mm-hmm. was us on the other side. And that's how basically we started. And that's how our uh, initial research and um, initial you know customer acquisition strategy and product strategy uh, was initiated
0: so this is i remember you guys were starting off in march or april this time last year no?
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: so it's been a year since that day since that month and now how far have you guys gotten how big is the team how many rides are you guys doing
1: Right. So um, I think uh, our first we we launched our first route on twentieth February uh, last year, and uh,
0: yeah.
1: since then, like uh, we remember, we used to have these uh, these growth dashboards, and we used to have this whiteboard on which we. Uh, had weekly targets, and then we used to get really excited every time we we hit a target or beat it. so so yeah, I think initially um, it's really funny we we pull out the deck that goal initially shared with us before we joined. so it projected basically one thousand rides at the at the end of 2019. Yeah. and the, the actual volumes like they, they went uh, far and beyond all our expectations so we were doing tens of thousands of rides uh, up until the the lockdown and both karachi wow. and lahore uh, they were scaling and every week we were adding new buses new routes new customers so so yeah uh, i think we were on a terrific trajectory uh, up until the lockdown
0: that's awesome to hear like just that, that growth spurt that you guys have had since the beginning to this day and and, and the way you guys are kind of handling the situation right now. Like, I would want to go back and ask you, because I found that very interesting, like the first the seminars that you guys were doing where you had to go out to the streets and get those customers, coworker got fifty. Like how when you actually had the product, what was the tactic that you used to get the first thousand customers in air on AirLift?
1: right so so very early on like even before we had the product um one of our early teammates Awab, he came up with the idea of uh, just uh, sitting in this car, getting some flyers and distributing them in residential communities. So so we started off with Askari 11 in Lahore, which I think houses around uh, 4,000 to 5,000 people. And we had this flyer with, uh, with the picture of our first branded bus on it. And it said, mm-hmm. like, go anywhere in Lahore for rupees 50 and just give us a call at Because we our call to action could not have been download our app because we did not have an app at that time. So yeah. in the office, like, I was sitting, sometimes we were taking all those calls that came in as a result of those flyers and we uh, we sort of asked them where they go, how they commute at present, Uh, would they be interested in using the service that would allow them to go to their offices, schools, colleges and 50 rupees. And uh, would they would uh, do they know about Uber Kareem, about using app-based commute solutions? So those are the kind of questions that we asked. We asked them about their commute patterns, where do they travel, what time do they travel? So we logged all of that data from those calls and uh, Later on, when we had the first version of our application live, we changed the call to action on our flyers and did a second round. This time around, we went ourselves. We rang doorbells. We handed over the flyers. We told them that our app is live. They should download it. They should sign up. And then we got some data through through our sign-ups. So our first few routes were defined by the data that we collected through our initial calls. Uh, to those customers, and then the sign ups that we got after distributing the flyers for the second time uh and that is how we observed K okay, we have ten people going from k eleven to bulberg and at seven a m in the morning and they're returning at five p m in the evening and that's how we aggregated that data to manually form uh the first few of our routes and then later that's on awesome. uh yeah. Yeah, It was pretty interesting. Like, uh, every night we used to uh, sit late at the office and call up these customers, convincing them to book, telling them, ye, request kiya tha it's live now, please book kare, and like, let us know how your experience goes. And something that worked really well for us in the early days was word of mouth. Like initially, um, when we even when we were distributing all these flyers, we did not have any sort of structured marketing efforts in terms of digital or radio or anything of the sort. But we still saw numbers multiplying. Because word of mouth was working out really well for us, uh, and because uh, customers were they were they were repeatedly sharing feedback, they were sharing feedback on routes, on timings, and we were very quickly iterating on that. So, so that's how I think we really got the word out and got the initial growth in the first few
0: weeks. Did you feel at any point that it was difficult to convince people of idea? Ke
1: so, um, initially, it was a because when we started the application, we realized thi, so this uh, app-based solution is uh, not app based solution. We have Uber-based use we have used uber use solutions, we have used Uber-based solutions, use have used Uber-based solutions, we app used through book karwa sakte hai, but it's not a car, it's a bus. And it's a stop-to-stop solution. So to understand, initially it challenging hota tha, but people used to pick it up, right? Because uh unko idea that this business model app-based, hi hai, but they're just aggregating customers and they're, they're trying to serve a different market than perhaps uh Uber Kareem, serve daily commute ko serve can over uh students hair, working professionals hair. So so initially it was a bit challenging like in jab hair appear to it became, it became a lot more easier because people had something to look at to download. So onboard so then as well, I
0: would assume.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So okay, now coming back to before COVID. What are some of the challenges that you face, like, uh, on on, the, on a daily basis when you're managing operations and customer support for a company like AirLive, which has of rides kar din ke?
1: So, um, I think, initially, uh, when we started, it it was very easy because you can stay closer to the front lines and the volumes are manageable. You can take customer calls. You can get their insights. You can use them to define product solutions. Um, as you scale and as your team grows, for, for a good customer experience, you need to scale your call center infrastructure. You need to scale your written support infrastructure. So as you do that, uh, there are uh, layers a- between between uh, between yourself and what's uh, the kind of feedback that you're receiving from customers. So I think uh, I think being aware of that and uh, you know keeping in uh, close touch with how the customers are feeling, how they're experiencing your service, and then using that information to to define your strategy, to define your uh, product sprints. I think I think that becomes slightly more challenging. Because then you have a team to manage. You you have to find scalable ways of letting that information flow into into what determines your strategy going mm-hmm. forwards. So nice. so I think I think. Uh, that's uh, something that becomes challenging with scale. Um, I think another thing that comes with scale is like when you, when you're uh, looking at unprecedented exponential growth in terms of numbers, uh, you have to very quickly scale your product, your processes accordingly, and then build functions, build teams. So, so over time, like every month we've seen that we've, hit our targets. So or we've exceeded them and then we realized that we we need these three functions now to operate independently and just one person can't be handling all three things uh for us to operate efficiently so so i think identifying those those areas those processes that you need to scale very very quickly in order to sustain high quality customer experience in order in order to sustain growth i think i think that is a challenge that that comes with uh, exponential
0: growth. Nice. Now, tell me about what are the most difficult periods in, in growing Airlift that you had experienced for yourself on your personal journey?
1: So, so I think it's been, um, it's been uh, very, very exciting. I think all the ups and downs, I think they have in one way or the other contributed to, to where we stand today and um i think uh i think one of the biggest things that i've learned at a lift is is to be uh focused on solutions and not to sort of you know let challenges uh let road, uh, let roadblocks bring you down so so i yeah. think uh, there there have been a few challenges like in terms of uh, let's say scaling customer experience so so one day when we we're doing Let's say 500 rides. We we see that maybe it's it's getting out of our hands and the customer experience is suffering because we don't have the right call center infrastructure and we are operating very uh, very informally. So so I think uh, things like that, if you if you realize those a bit late, they've uh, already damaged your customer experience and especially for a business that is going and scaling based on word of mouth. So so I think learning from these kinds of mistakes and you know, having some sort of foresight is something that I've learned, and this has come as a challenge at every uh, at every stage when we are scaling across uh, a certain number, when we are scaling across markets. So so I think that has been a challenge. And um, I think uh, another challenge that we foresee right now with our team going is the ability to to scale the culture that we built out in the early days so uh, i'd like i'd like to take some time to talk about the culture that uh, that we had in the early days and some of uh, what we've also uh, have been able to scale uh, i think uh, it was very different from anything that any one of us had experienced here uh, in Pakistan at least before, so, so it was a lot around celebrating and promoting superpowers right so if, if yeah. a person is great at something, then the whole team you know encourages them is is very vocal about appreciating them and doubling down on sort of positive reinforcement so so that is something that worked out really well for us then the That's absolute awesome. i Think relentlessness, you know, the ability and the willingness to break through walls, to to hit our targets, to, to achieve uh, maybe consistency in customer experience, to achieve consistency in product features like, Live tracking, so so I think uh, everyone was willing to just break through walls to to achieve what they wanted to achieve to to build this thing up. So I think uh, being relentless, having a bias to action, I think that worked out really well for us. Um, then I think another uh, another trait that we've seen in high performers in our team is being extreme owners. So if you've taken up something, uh, you will see it end-to-end. You'll drive execution, you'll drive follow-ups, you'll, you'll assemble the team, you'll align them behind a unified goal. So, so being extreme owners around whatever it is that you're looking after, I think. And then uh, lastly, I think uh, being obsessive learners. So we've made a lot of mistakes, uh, we've made a lot of mistakes on the customer front, we've made a lot of mistakes internally on our systems, but I think the best thing that you can uh, do is make those mistakes in the early days and then learn from them, iterate quickly and you know get a solution rolling within hours of making that mistake.
0: So basically um, start challenges for converting them into opportunities basically.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Nice. So Meher, I uh, have Actually, two, two things. One thing would be, what, what is something that you look forward to in Pakistan a little bit more general right now? Um, I mean, with the current situation, what are you looking forward to coming out of this? And then the final one would be, if you could describe three of the most important lessons that you've learned in your personal journey so far.
1: Sure, sure. So um, I think uh, globally we're, we're looking at things uh, slightly moving in the right direction like in Europe uh, the daily number of new cases it's decreasing, the deaths are decreasing um, I think uh, I think we are heading towards uh, maybe uh, an interim solution like people are researching on vaccines and you have these other solutions so, sorry, sorry
0: sorry, Meher let me like narrow that down a little bit looking forward to in Pakistan's startup ecosystem Not not, like let's not talk about like what's macro, what's happening in in, in, around the world. Like just about the Pakistani startup ecosystem. What do you think are some of the things that you're looking forward to?
1: So, so I think initiatives like uh, like the one that you're running right now, right? So, so if uh, if individuals, if young students, they have access to information, they know what's working, what's not working. They know uh, if they if they have the right kind of support system. Uh, they need to to start something new. I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to. People stepping up, being willing to help others who who want to um, go on a similar journey. So so I think that's one thing. I think another thing is um, capital flowing in from uh, from yeah. other markets like right? uh, from the U.S., from Singapore, from Middle East. So I think that would be very encouraging for for the local. Uh, ecosystem and for people who want to start something new, right? So, so whenever you see someone, uh, someone young starting something new and then, you know, getting all distraction, getting new customers, getting investments, I think that is very encouraging for someone who has been evaluating that opportunity or evaluating an idea, Uh, especially like given the 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 mindset around entrepreneurship over here i think unfortunately uh, a lot of people like especially from our parents generation they they don't view this as something stable or something that uh that is sustainable so so i think that's a very fresh change in um, mindset that is very welcome for the uh, for the younger generation for uh, students who are looking to start something after they graduate and not just you know looking for a job for a nine to six so i think that is something uh shaping the narrative around entrepreneurship is something that is very positive and that uh, hopefully in the next few months and years would uh would only be uh encouraged by people like Atif coming in people like you guys so so i think i'm really looking forward to that
0: inshallah that's 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 awesome, and now, if you could just do the last question would be which would be if you could describe three of the most important lessons that you learned on your personal journey yeah
1: so so I obviously came from a very different mindset, and I was used to a very different kind of working environment when i when I came into airlift so so I think uh my personal journey has been uh, full of learnings full of you know picking up new things and being very very open to uh, to making mistakes being very open to to maybe adapt to challenging environments um, so I think uh, in terms of uh, my experience the three biggest lessons that I've learned in uh, building up something from scratch are that uh, in the initial days and even like, I'd say for the first two or three years uh sweet is everything right so uh, you shouldn't wait for for uh for yourself to get things perfect in the first try right so if we if we would have waited for our app to be perfect in the initial days, we would have launched maybe somewhere in May or June. Uh, initially, we we just had uh, an MVP. We did not have a driver-facing app. We used to sit in the vans ourselves, uh, navigate with the drivers, and pick all the customers up. Uh, and that way, like we um, we were able to move very fast. If we started in May, we would have been doing maybe 10 30 rides in the first month. And like we were doing a very huge multiple of uh, of that in May because we started early. We did not wait to get our apps uh, perfect. So, so I think that's something that moving fast I think it gives you wings and uh, it it I think accelerates your your entire journey um, I think secondly uh, being obsessed with customers um, I think that is something that we still try to do still obsess over customer feedback of how customers are experiencing your product what they have to say what they need. Uh, what are the features that they that they want to see in your app. So, so I think being obsessed with customers uh, has worked out really, really well for us. We've been able to deliver on the requests, on the demands, on uh, and iterating the product, not based on what we think should be on the product. Or what payment options or what feedback options should we give on the on the app? I think all of that was based on what customers told us. Uh, I think nice. that has worked out really well for us, and that is something that customers appreciate, and that is something that uh, that really drives word of mouth around uh, around what whatever you're offering. So I think that would be lesson number two, and I think uh, number three, uh, if you if you want to build build. Uh, an exceptional team if you want to build a team that is full of you know superpowers i think uh, i think it's very very important to uh, to reinforce positive behaviors positive traits and really really build people up by by encouraging and appreciating what they do what they do well So so I think uh, in terms of scaling the team, scaling culture within that team, we've uh, we've seen some things work out really well for us, like uh, uh, enabling people to be autonomous operators. Right. So not giving a lot of direction, letting people figure out their own ways. And that is something that people really, really appreciate a lot. And that is something that they say they haven't been able to find elsewhere in Pakistan. Uh, Then again. having very, very tight feedback loops. Uh, we don't have to wait for, you know, end of year performance evaluations or quarterly feedback sessions to to deliver on feedback. So as soon as you deliver deliver on it, you give the other person the ability and the opportunity to, you know, improve uh, what they're doing and how they're doing it. So, so I think just focusing on people, building people up and not just viewing your team um, as, co-workers or colleagues, I think being heavily invested in them as individuals and building them up so that whenever they look back, if, if they pursue something else or if they, even if they stay there, they view this as an opportunity that allowed them to, to grow as individuals, as professionals.
0: This has been awesome. Thank you so much, Mahana. I really appreciate it. Um,
1: Thanks a lot for like having to- me, Mahana. Yeah. Of course so... it's been a
0: pleasure. I'd like to add a little bit about what you guys are doing now with the fund. I, I saw that you guys have a fund out there as well in this in the time of I mean uncertainty that we're in.
1: You yeah, guys are so... raising
0: funds for uh, for COVID nineteen, a really a relief fund if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, exactly. So, so when we suspended operations, I think around six weeks back, we we set up a relief fund, which is basically aimed towards helping out people who've lost their jobs. You know, daily wages, uh, street vendors, uh, and helping them with monthly food supplies. And then another thing that we want to help out with is providing protective equipment to hospitals and clinics uh, that are short on them. So these are basically the two causes that we're uh, supporting right now and we're collecting funds from our customer base, from, from the private sector. Uh, and we've seen a phenomenal response and just this week, like before Ramzan starts, we'll be distributing uh, food supplies between 500 families uh, in both uh, Lahore and Karachi. So so the uh, functionality it's up on our website anyone who's interested in donating can can go to uh, relief.rightlife.com and can donate through debit or credit cards um i uh, and on a side note i'd also like to share my own email address in case anyone wants to get in touch uh wants to wants to get to know something about airlift about entrepreneurship any any sorts of questions so uh you can reach out to me at uh, meher at uh dot com. Uh, so thank I you think...
0: so much for uh that was awesome it was a pleasure thanks Thank you so much for listening. If you guys have any comments your feedback, please do send them my way. My direct email address hai, amad at Caravan.vc. or if you can more information kar sakte on our website which is www.caravan.vc or on Instagram, um, our handle is at caravan.vc Until next time, Khuda hafiz.